Welcome to today's ResiCast. I'm joined here by Savannah de Savary, who's the founder of Built ID, and by Neil Gamasima, who's joining us by phone from Yardi, where he is a vice president for International. And we're going to be talking about disruption on prop tech and residential ahead of the Resi convention on the 12th to the 14th of September. So, Savannah, there's been a lot said about prop tech over the last few years, lots of money being invested into the sector. What kinds of meaningful problems is technology now starting to solve? I think throughout the sort of life cycle of the property industry, there is meaningful problems to solve and I think we're finally reaching that stage where we're no longer just talking about it in theory you're actually starting to see results from it whether it's VTS on the leasing side or whether it's something like Land Insight when it comes to site appraisal and and buying sites I think you're you're starting to see meaningful results in terms of time and cost saving and that's the real change from you know 18 months ago even 12 months ago and 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 Neil in in terms of Yardi's platform obviously you know you work uh, seamlessly with loads of different investors and operators in uh, in in the property sphere um how and how is that changing obviously the focus heavily now in the uk is on build to rent and on trying to deliver a seamless customer experience from the point of, of sign up to to people stacking in and, and, and taking the keys how 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 is the platform that you've developed making a difference there yeah, hey, Andrew. So I think, you know, a few different sides on our side. I think that one is uh, the residential or in particular the build-to-rent market in the UK is, is really interesting to us right now because I think it's an overall paradigm shift in terms of how uh, consumers traditionally are able to rent property and how they go through that process to make it more frictionless, make it easier for them to identify the right property with the right aden- uh, amenities to be able to sign leases online and to be able to move in much more effectively rather than through the traditional processes that we do through through brokers. So, and we think that technology is very much of an enablement uh, for, the, uh, for the UK built-to-rent community, which is growing very quickly. So, now, so essentially what you're describing is taking cost out because you don't have to have a human being in an office writing up a contract, filling it in, phoning up the bank to do a credit check. That, all of that stuff can be done by some sort of automated process. Yeah, very, very much so, Andrew. And I think uh, the combination or the term prop tech these days is interesting to us, too, because whereas there's always been innovation within real estate, um, uh, these days it seems like you can attach tech to any type of industry and it's a startup, right? So whether it's prop tech or legal tech, insure tech, fintech, etc. But what the enablement of, of new programming frameworks, the ability for smartphones and the ability for really cheap uh, distribution channels, i.e. the Apple Store and, and the Google Play Store, have enabled uh, companies and startups to do is really is to identify a pain point and then be able to be creative in terms of how a solution might be able to be found. So there's a few groups in the UK in particular, which we also see, see as really contributing to the build-to-rent market, and one is a company called Canopy. And so this is a group that is a startup. They've been around for about two years in the UK, and they've been very focused on trying to uh, create a marketplace for rent-free type of, or sorry, deposit-free type of renting so that the community of what we'd call, let's say, the generation rent, so especially the younger um, millennial community or, or people who are just looking for their first or second apartment, they are not tying up um, a month or two months of deposit um, and capital into to, uh, the real estate bond, but really in terms of looking at other ways to make that process um, better. 
And so our view is that, you know, that's one piece of the overall uh, puzzle for the build-to-rent sector to make it easier, faster for, for the consumer or the renter, to make it more efficient for the owner and the operator of, of the buildings, and provide just overall greater service um, to the market in the UK. Yeah, so I mean, Canopy is basically it's essentially a, a passport that says, I've got a good history of paying my rent. And, and I think, you know, we are seeing that that innovation, as you say, new in the insurance industry with things like insurance back deposits. And, and in many respects, when you look across financial services, insurance has actually been one of one of the, the, the leaders in, in using technology to innovate purely because it obviously uses it to, to manage lots of risks. And, and, and Savannah de Savre, your company that you set up, Built ID, essentially that's been founded on, on being a, a massive harvester of, of really vital data around the built environment, hasn't it? So what, what have been some of the challenges in getting to where you are now? I think the biggest challenge is patience, like getting that critical mass of data, especially when it's user-generated data before you can do something exciting with it, is the biggest challenge. And we're lucky we've now got to that stage where we can start to actually harness that data for something productive. But it does take time. And I think that's that's equally a challenge that a lot of people find on the other side as the property developers and brokers, etc., who are looking to use these technologies is that they're not ready overnight. There's so much potential, but you have to get to a certain turning point before they deliver results. Do you, do you think people know what they're doing? So there's obviously been quite a lot of acquisition investment, hasn't there, by big mm. agencies into tech firms and, and tens of millions of pounds have been ploughed into stuff. Do you, is, is there a degree of, of, of bit of bit of herd mentality here? Do you think? Um, it's a good question. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's a shift of. Of I think two years ago there was probably quite a lot of these big firms that weren't looking to make acquisitions. They're instead saying, "Why can't we just copy what you're doing?" You know, we have more money. Why can't we do it ourselves? And I think this move towards acquisitions is more of a sign of saying, yes, we could probably build it, but could we could maintain it? Do we have the skill set within our company and the mentality to make something like this work in the long term? I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, now, whether all these investments will yeah. actually be valuable is another question. Because I mean, Neil, from a, from a Yardy perspective, clearly, the, you know, from from your perspective as a business that's effectively providing discrete systems within the residential space and, and other other spaces. Clearly, there is a network effect of the data that you guys have access to and, and potentially collect in being able to deliver insight and, and hone the technology that underpins it, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, through if you look at the, our, our client base, whether it's in the UK, continental Europe, North America, etc., we we collect just a tremendous amount of data. So not just about the core. Uh, the, the you know the, the the entity the property the units the tenants the revenues the expenses uh, but the overall journey you know the question for us oftentimes is whereas as we we're able to then further utilize and and share this data the question is who owns the data and and, and it's always the client who owns it and so the Yardi platform overall is is very open and and so we interchange data between Yardi and our clients and other platforms to be able to make seamless processes the big question, though, always in, in our mind when people say, well, we want all of your data, would be as well, it's not our data, it's actually our client's data. And so increasingly, as one looks at sharing data across multiple different platforms and, and communities to make things more effective, it's, it's having that, that, that definition of what type of data should be shared. 
and and how frequently and how 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 um, in in what format um, to be able to give access uh, to to individuals with greater greater transparency. So it's and we've got a number of different initiatives on on that front through through different programs and and efforts that we have on the go. But it, yeah, it's essentially what you're describing is is uh, making it more democratic and and p- potentially Savannah. That's one of the aspects of of technology platforms that that could become actually quite useful to, to development. Clearly, you know, we still have pretty strong NIMBY attitudes right across England, particularly in, in London, where, where obviously the supply-demand imbalance is, is more acute. The, 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 you know, you're now looking to pivot towards community engagement using the platform you've developed. Uh, what are the sorts of meaningful ways that you're, you're going to be able to enhance that sort of community engagement process, which often isn't done very well, is it here? I think I think the main way is just by appealing to that sort of mass, silent, disenfranchised majority that don't engage with the traditional means. You know, they're not going to go to a meeting. They don't have the time nor the inclination to engage in that way. And I think there's lots of examples in prop tech of, of companies that are seeing opportunities to create digital channels for engaging with a community, whether it's something like Office App, which does so within the community of the office building itself, or whether it's um, within, you know, making it easier to collaborate with your consultant partners. I think this is a big theme we're seeing in, in prop tech. Well, what's the incentive, though? Because, I mean, there are all sorts of apps and, and anybody running a business will be bombarded with with everything whether it's facebook for business or slack all these sorts of things and it it does strike me sometimes that we get a little bit uh, potentially uh, oversupplied with with ways to engage and and it's less about having a channel and more about having the inclination so so from your perspective obviously you know you talk you know, that's a very good point you make about the 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 the, the silent majority who really don't care about most of the things in development but how do you engage them if they are too busy doing what they're doing going about their lives well what is it the why is having an app going to make them engage in a way that, that the current planning process doesn't because I think that the key reason is because we don't have any methods at the moment by which they want to engage. You don't feel like you have a voice. The reason they don't engage isn't necessarily just because they don't have time. It's because they don't feel like they can make a difference. You know, it's trying to combat this impression of property developers being um, these faceless, you know, organizations which impose things on the built environment and not someone who actually cares about their opinion or wants to hear from them. It's this idea that this apathy of why would I engage if all I can do really is object? I can't help shape in a productive way. I think and, that's the challenge. And it's a fair point. And Neil, obviously, you're not from around these parts, given your accent. Um, how, how different is it in how different is it in the states uh, when it comes to you know, engaging communities and, and, and generating that that level of public consensus around real estate development? Well, I think there's there's a variety of forms and formats, and I would say it's not too different than how other international markets work, whether it's in the UK or in the Netherlands or Germany or in in uh, in Australia, New Zealand, as an example. But I think that it's it's enabling uh, individuals to have a greater voice and to be heard, but still through a, a framework that allows decisions to be made. Um, you know, I mean, we can take it back all the way through to the rights of assembly, etc. I think technology you know, perhaps helps that. But maybe if I get back to the the key question in terms of prop tech, and my question always would be is to someone who's launched a new app or is looking at kind of changing the world, um, is where's the real value? 
and where's the real staying power? And, and so these days, from a technology point of view, it's relatively simple, and it's never been easier to create a product and to maintain a product and to distribute a product. Um, it's never been easier based on the cloud and, and AngularJS and other channels of distribution. But we often forget about where's the value, really, and, and how, where's that staying power of, of the value and who's the value to um, I think that needs to be a greater focus oftentimes. No, and that's, that's a very good point. So look, look, wrapping up then um, on today's ResiCast, what, what, what one thing, Savannah, do you think is going to change the, the landscape of, of technology in, in the real estate sector over the next few years? If there's one thing you think could happen, will happen, should happen, what do you think it is? I think it's AI machine learning. I don't mean in the sense of pure AI companies. I think it's the integration of it into um, other offerings to make things more streamlined, more efficient, and to actually better use the data we have. There's one thing having all this data. There's a very different thing using it functionally. And, and, and Neil from Yardi, what's your what's your view on that? One one thing that could, should, or would happen over the next few years to change? The yeah, I, I see the the biggest disruption in the residential market as an example is continued pressure on on uh, your traditional agencies or your letting agents and and the market going real time between the owner and the operator and the the resident. So the ability uh, in terms of as other markets have totally been disrupted, whether it's the the travel agency industry or or even hotels with Airbnb and others, is the ability to identify a space that one wants to rent, make it seamless to be able to go through the process of renting that space and then moving into that space and getting you know better services that one gets today um, and having that as a as an overall better experience and I think you know the biggest disruption there is again to the value that agencies or brokers today traditionally provide and I think that's under threat um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we'll see and there's multiple different technologies whether it's uh, you know online type of programs and applications whether it's the utilization of big data, which is a necessity before you get to AI and machine learning and other types of processes, but the disruption in the process is, is what we see as the biggest thing coming to the UK. Excellent stuff. So more democratic, more collaborative, and, and hopefully for everybody concerned, more valuable. Thanks very much, Savannah DeSavery from Built ID and Neil Gamasima from Yardi. Thanks very much, Andrew. Thanks.